I've definitely learned over the last year that I'm better to outsource stuff um, and really focus on developing my skills, being a better practitioner, giving more time to my patients, doing what I love, you know, which is in clinic. And I, that's definitely been a really good learning over the last year. Welcome to Acupuncture West London, the podcast. This is the podcast for students, practitioners, and enthusiasts of classical Chinese philosophy, Chinese medicine, and acupuncture. I'm your host, Ben Carrigan, coming to your ears all the way from London. So join me as we dive deep down the rabbit hole of Chinese philosophy and into the very concepts that inform our practice. Each episode focusing on a specific topic and its application within a clinical setting. This episode is brought to you courtesy of our brand new ebook, Yin and Yang. What are Yin and Yang? What are the laws of Yin and Yang? And how are they used as defining principles for our very existence? To answer these questions and more, download your free copy at acupuncture-westlondon.com forward slash free ebook. Welcome to episode nine. So today we're continuing with part two of my conversation with Emma Eaton of the Cobham Acupuncture and Reflexology Clinic. As part of our A Year in Business series, Emma is talking us through a year in business and setting up her own practice. If you haven't already checked out part one yet, go back and check out episode eight. There's lots of good stuff in there. Let's get stuck into part two. I spoke to Rachel on day one of the considerations and outlays of setting up from home. Then I spoke to Vicky yesterday, costs and various models of setting up within an established clinic. And so in terms of setting up your own clinic, obviously there's, there's a lot more to consider. So what are some of the things that you've looked at in terms of initial outlays, having to get practitioner licenses, practice licenses, any restrictions, yes. things like rent, all those kind of things? Yeah, I think because the room that we used was at the top of a gym, or the first floor above a gym, there was already a lot in place. It wasn't like I was fitting out. Um, it was already a treatment room. It was a newly refurbished treatment room. So to be honest, a lot of that had already been taken away from me. Um, it's not taken away from me, but I didn't have to worry about it. There are things, and also I had a really lovely landlord insofar as I would say, oh, the waiting room's not looking great, and he would pay for it to be refurbished. So in terms of that, I didn't really have to pay an awful lot. There are some things which surprised me that I had to pay for, and this sounds like I've become slightly obsessed about signage. I probably <laughs> have, but um, I, I don't know. Like, So we had to have signs that all matched with the other treatment rooms. Oh, I just got – I don't know. And then there was a sign outside the clinic, an out, outdoor sign, and that cost a fortune. And then it kept on getting broken. I think I probably paid about a thousand pounds in signage by the time wow. I finished. By the time Gosh. I'd done the indoor one and then the one on the door and then the one outside that kept on getting nicked, which I eventually had to get Ali the kebab man to show me CCTV. And it turned out oh, that right. it was it wasn't nicked, <laughs> it was the wind. Ali the kebab man, just for the record, is from the Neighbor. grill next door. Yes. yes. <laughs> Neighbor, yeah. So it just all got a bit crazy. Like it's stuff like that that you just didn't expect would cost any money. And suddenly I was yeah. just hemorrhaging on signage. Um there I was moaning about leaflets the last few days saying how I found them to be useless because they were out of date as soon as um yeah, I had them in place. Them. I know. 
Yeah. I know, but people love a leaflet, don't they? I don't know. They do. They do love um, a leaflet. They love don't it they? to have in the bottom of their handbags and never use. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Write other people's numbers on. Exactly. Um, so, how did you decide on pricing in the clinic? So, like I say, when I was at home, I was very. I don't, things changed. I think when I started, I did a little review of who was around locally, and it felt like I was about middly, and that felt about right. Not too much. Wanted to make it accessible. Then, when I started the clinic, I kind of in Cobham, I was really keen to keep it accessible. I guess I was nervous. I was a bit like, oh, "Are we actually going to have anyone? We've got quite a lot of rent to pay." I've now got four mouths to feed rather than one in terms of new patients. So I kept it pretty low. I'm not sure I would ever, I would do that again. I think you have to really kind of deconstruct why you're keeping it low and make sure what your priorities are. Um, and obviously if you're specialized, you can pay a little bit more, but I try to keep it competitive. I think I would probably, if in hindsight, I'd probably think a bit more about that. But would I change anything? Don't know. It got mm. me lots of patients that I could get really experienced with. And it got me busy very quickly. And I was able to make a living out of it very quickly. I was knackered. Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard, isn't it? I think, like I say, you have to do your pricing in line with where your head's at, what your clinic is, where you're at as a practitioner, yeah, and to look at people around you. And yeah. one of the things I was talking to Vicky about yesterday is just it's easy to price yourself too low going in. And by doing that, you're sort of undervaluing yourself. But exactly. also, I think people, if they go to your website or they look at it and they see something that's too cheap, it's yes. like that thing of people. Sometimes it can turn people off as well. So you're better off being in the middle of the pack as opposed to being at the bottom I if agree. you're ever in doubt. And do you really want the people who are coming because it's good value? Are they committed? Well, I hear about people all the time who give discounts and Ooh. people will come. Yeah, I know. I'm very anti 20% off and stuff. I think I tried it when I started out my clinic, but all I had was a huge kind of a tsunami of people coming in getting their their discounted treatment and then never see them again yes which is just heartbreaking <laughs> on every level yeah absolutely so what would you say has worked really well in the sense of setting up the clinic in comparison with the other models or the other ways you've worked uh well i was i was really lucky i got to work with really fantastic people um i mean Definitely, you guys kind of helped me raise my game in lots of ways, which is what I was looking for and other ideas. And, likewise, yeah. and I think we became, you know, an amazing little team. So I think that worked really, really well. I loved driving to work. I know that sounds sad, but it's only, you know, 10 minutes away. <laughs> and I loved it. I loved getting in the car and I loved coming to work. Um, I didn't love humping all the stuff back and forth, I have to say. So I like everything, you know, yin and yang, you've got your pros and cons. So, but I, <laughs> I did love that. I loved being kind of part of the Cobham community. I loved the status the clinic gave me, you know, I liked that. Yeah. I liked the fact that I felt I'd progressed. Um, so they're the things that I think worked well. I was lucky. I did have a really lovely landlord and I think that made it good. I think, one thing I did really struggle with is not having full control. 
I always used to quote pretty women, you know, when they say, I say who, I say when, I say how much. And I think that was a tr- that was an adjustment I hadn't quite allowed for because when I was in a somebody else's house as such, I had to kind of work with them and they could determine the Christmas opening hours or you know so we you know we had some issues with noise for example so when I first took the room on I was absolutely over the top about noise and it was actually a yoga studio that had been split into two and I can't tell you how much I rammed home the fact that that wall between the two rooms needed to be soundproof and to be fair to the landlords, they really honoured that and they made it really soundproof between the two rooms. But what I hadn't <laughs> quite counted on was noise rising from underneath. So my first kind of few, well, week in there, I suddenly realised we were underneath the weights room and everything was really pounding. So, and I could, and I and I couldn't control it, you know, and that's very difficult when you, you're in a situation where you can't control that and it's your business yeah. and all of those things. So, yeah. One thing I just wanted to ask you about was we spoke about leaflets and we've spoken about posters and signage, which uh, Irish people are terrible at signage, by the way, just for the record. <laughs> uh, go to Ireland, you'll never find your way anywhere. <laughs> Good to know. It's costly, that's why. And people steal the signs. I think they're very right. Yes. What of any other advertising have you taken out? Or has it just been mostly signage? Yeah, I know. <laughs> the signage. <laughs> the whole theme's going to be signage. Um, so for me, um, things that have really worked, I was lucky enough to get a, a good relationship with a lady who ran local magazines. And she came and did an editorial piece on me. So she came for a treatment and I helped her with her elbow and she was great and wrote amazing things. And that definitely gave me a certain type of patient. So, you know, people that perhaps weren't so much online, more elderly. And I, I love, you know, that really did give me a massive boost and it was free apart from a few adverts subsequently. Okay. So that's definitely been useful. I had, as you know, some real success with a Facebook advert, which I'd never done before in January. And that was very much, you know, health is the new wealth, which if ever there's been a lesson in that. It will be the yeah. last few months. Um, so that was great. And I think, but really referrals. I mean, if you've got someone or good old Facebook referrals, I mean, it makes my heart sing when somebody says, does anybody know on a local group a uh, good acupuncturist? And then if your name comes up five times, you know you must be doing something all right. So I would definitely say just be good at what you do if you can and treat people nicely be nice <laughs> you know <laughs> that's always that's a plus free. um be good <laughs> at your job and hopefully people will come yeah absolutely you seem to have quite good success with facebook ads um, and getting people in the door that way i personally didn't find that that worked at all i think i got really lucky on the timing so i i mean i it was i would love to say it was it was a real coup and I should therefore be a, a marketing guru, but I basically just had a bit of time at the beginning of January 
<laughs> and uh, I decided, in fact, my daughter was at a netball camp and I sat in the coffee shop and was able <laughs> to do some work for a few hours. And I just created a very generic ad that I think because of the timing of, you know, post-January and everyone's mm. excess Christmas, we just got really lucky. And I think then it kind of snowballed, really. I was lucky that a few people saw it and then they came in. So, yeah. Yeah, because I think I've tried to do a few in the past, but the content has probably been a little bit too long or something. So I think the key is just to keep it simple. I haven't done so well on targeted ones. So I did do a fertility one and that hasn't been as good. So really, okay, um, that didn't really do as well. And I think I did a pregnancy one possibly. Um, oh, no, I did a menopause one and that didn't do great at all. So it was really just the generic one at the beginning of the year that worked really well. Okay. So in terms of online presence and stuff, obviously we have social media and websites and whatnot. Uh, I know you've worked quite hard on the website over the last year. So how has that been? Well, it, I mean, I won't lie. I was always slightly arrogant about my IT skills because I did a lot in my previous corporate life, like I um, project managed systems implementations, but I'm really rusty and things have changed a lot and I perhaps didn't <laughs> realize. So I actually have an amazing lady uh, in a different country that I literally send my stuff to and say, make it magic. And she does. And I think when lockdown happened, I got very like, right, I'm going to be the one who does this. Don't want to spend out, blah, blah, blah. But really, it was painful and it was terrible. And I think she charges something like $15 an hour for some right. of the changes. And to be honest, it's the best £12 or whatever it is that I'd ever spent because her hour is mine three weeks with a lot of swear yeah. words and vodka. There's a lot to be said for that. And also, because you're using WordPress as well, aren't you? Yes, yes. And Divi, which is the front end builder, and it just, it was just terrific. Oh, it can be. With WordPress particularly, if you're using something like Wix or Squarespace, which is quite user-friendly for people who don't know how to run websites, but something like WordPress is quite a steep learning curve and you can easily break your site. We've talked about this before. Oh my God, so easily. I've broken my site so many times and I've had to call up the host and go, you have to help me. I've done something to my HT doc or something. I don't understand why they'd give us so much power. Why would they let us be able to break <laughs> our site? That was the thing that I couldn't really get my head around. I was like, why are they letting me have access to a situation where I can actually completely <laughs> cock it up? I know. And it's so easy to do. You update a plugin or something and the whole thing just falls flat and uh, won't let you log in or something. And then you're just like, oh, it's the most horrible sinking feeling. <laughs> I, just, I don't think there's anything worse. I've definitely learned over the last year that I'm better to outsource stuff um, and yeah. really focus on developing my skills, being a better practitioner, giving more time to my patients. Absolutely. Doing what I love, you know, which is in clinic. And I that's definitely been a really good learning over the last year. So much so I've actually got a lady on board who's going to so I'm kind of rebranding for the new clinic uh in from September. And I've got Great. a lady on board doing my branding. I've got a lady on board doing who's going to start doing my Instagram stuff. I've got best reception that are answering my phones. We haven't really touched on it, but I'm using Timely. Let me ask about that, actually. Sorry, no, not to interrupt. I wanted to ask you about third-party and online resources. This was exactly my next question, so you're kind of leading into it. Basically, I'm a firm believer in 
making less work for myself. And if it costs me a little more money, I'd just much rather have the extra time to do something else. So I know when you're when you're starting out, people are trying to keep their costs down. But I think one of the best things I ever did was early on just say, you know what, I'm going to jump in and I'm going to get myself a clinic management software option. And the two I was looking at were Clinico and Timely. I use Clinico. I've used that since I started. And then you use Timely. But what has been your experience or how much easier has it made it for you? Loads better. I mean, I only really shifted. So we had, I used before Setmore, um, which is quite antiquated these days, but it it did a great job when it, you know, Mm. four or five years ago, mainly on the text reminders. I mean, that just helped so much. Um, But I started using Timely Jan, February time this year, and it's been really quite life-changing because I used to do the confirmations, the email confirmations, all of that. And I think it's about 25 quid a month or something crazy. But this is for Timely or for for Setmore? Oh, Setmore was about £12 because it had quite limited, um, yeah, no, Timely is about 25 quid. Yeah, Clinico is 29, I think. And I got to a point where what with the virtual reception if somebody could ring up because one of my challenges was I was in clinical day I'd come back to you know four missed calls I just finished on clinic in clinic and then I'd have to ring those people back whereas with a virtual receptionist they answer on your behalf and they can book people in and then timely sends them an email confirmation boom I have absolutely I don't touch that patient at all until they walk through the door which is just you know makes my heart sing I know it's probably the best thing I've done because obviously I use Timely through working in the Cobham Acupuncture and Reflexology Clinic with you and Rachel and Ali. And then I had Clinico for my own clinic in Southfields. And they're both slightly different, aren't they? I mean, yes. I think from using both of them, I would suggest my own opinion that Timely is probably a little sexier looking. Definitely prettier. It looks good on the patient side because you get logos in your automated emails and whatnot, but they're both as functional as each other and they both maybe have slightly different ways of working or slightly different pros and cons. But the good thing about them is I think for anyone starting out, you can get a 30-day free trial of either just to try it and have a look around and uh, without having to pay for them so they're definitely worth just signing up for oh definitely and trying them out even if it's just for 30 days i guess the only thing with any of these things is once you're kind of hooked and they have everything in their system then i don't know how easy it is to get out so it could be that kind of luring you into a subscription that i don't know but i haven't got that far yet it wasn't too bad because i transferred from setmore and it was just doing a database load and then upload and they helped me with that so oh that's great that's good to know you can flip between them if you i mean i wouldn't because you you know that's time it takes a long time to set it up really but if you were having problems i think everyone it's like everything everything's slightly limited there'll always be something that you wish you could do that you can't but um it's it's been great and just taking that admin out like i say to have that kind of smoothness and to be honest, even with the virtual receptionist, it's probably about a patient a month it costs. But you've got to remember, people just ring round, don't they? And everyone loves immediacy these days. And the thought of, you know, I, used to, I would probably miss at least two or three new patients a month because I didn't get back to them quick enough. So it's already, and that's just on their first visit. It's paid for itself. So even one patient that you capture that, that call from it's paid for itself yeah um and that's only on coming once whereas 
like we want patients to come back and see not forevermore, but you want them to see the improvement. Absolutely. And um, in terms of having a landline for your business, all those little shop window things make a big difference, I think. Yes. The reception service I use, the guy who owns it is brilliant. And he really helped me with that. So I don't think he even charged me for a landline, maybe 40 quid. I can't remember. But that's my number forevermore. The other benefit to that is that it's they can't send text cancelling. So Oh, that's the other thing is, is that I had a mobile number on before and we had this situation where people would just shove you a text saying, oh, you know, my head's fallen off. I can't come. Um, so I think it's really helped with cancellations because they have to speak to a human being. And, oh, that's good. And yeah. the receptionist can say, are you aware of our cancellation charges? Because that's another thing I've had to really just get hot on because, you know, again, it's all a bit boundaries and, It'll be interesting seeing the shift back to a home clinic because I know before when I was at home, it all became probably my fault, became a bit fudgy, you know, a mm. bit like, oh, I can't make that now. And, you know, and you're like, oh, it's half an hour before. Um, so whereas a clinic, I think people did get that you were paying rent. So in something in their heads, they were a bit more like, I can't just cancel. But we'll see. I need to get a little strategy in place to make sure that that's robust enough going forward. It's tricky with cancellation policies because I've mentioned this before to Vicky and Rachel the last few days, but I am quite strong about cancellation policies. But I feel like I can justify it because when people book, I make it very clear. It's on the confirmation page on the website. It's in their confirmation email. It's in the reminder email saying, please give us 24 hours notice. At the moment, obviously, I'm kind of being much more flexible because if people ring me and say they have symptoms of COVID-19 or a coughing or spluttering, obviously I'm not going to enforce it. But it does come down to a courtesy thing. And it does kind of piss me off when people, like I've had a few people who just don't show up. I but know. since I've been clear about the cancellation policy, I think I've had two people in six months who, yes. who didn't show up. And it was the same person. <laughs> so, yes, you know. I know. Well, definitely, I think what's the shift for me since I've been hotter on it is that people yeah. offer to pay if they don't come. You know, so it's yes. rare that I've had to, and I've accepted that. So if I've had multiple, so I've had a, so I have about two or three patients who are super talented in what their field is. They're super creative. I think one's a photographer, one works in the film industry, another one works in TV. Their lives are chaotic. You know, they are chaotic. They don't always know where they're going to be. So I I do really try and be flexible, but there comes a point when you're like, well, hang on a sec, I'm actually losing cash. And if it gets yeah. to a point, I mean, if you have three or four, especially if you've got 12 in a day and it suddenly gets down to eight, you do the maths. It's like, well, hang on a sec. I'm just hanging around. You know, this is a lot of my income gone. I know Rachel, I think she charges for the first appointment up front. And I have to say, I think that's a really good way forward and actually one I'm going to adopt, mm. especially in post-COVID land, because you're having to invest the time typically on Zoom beforehand. And the last thing you want is them not actually rocking up <laughs> after yeah, you've absolutely. done like a half an hour Zoom consultation. So that I definitely will be looking at that going forward. So with something like Timely, for example, because I know Clinico don't allow you to do this yet. Do you have the option to charge people up front? Yes, yes. I need to look into it. But yes, yeah. you can. I think it's just the only problem you have to be careful of is what percentage they take for their pay partner. 
Who's their pay partner? Is it Stripe or? Yeah, Stripe. It is Stripe, yes. Yeah, because I mean, I use something like iZettel because it's simple, but then I would like to have something that just sits comfortably within whatever service I use. The less I have to, you know, move things between two different options, the better. Absolutely. So that's definitely something for September I'm going to bring in. I think the good news is post-COVID land, I think people are going to get it. You know, I think that we, we've kind of, we can't be the fluffy kins anymore. We've had a period of time where we haven't been able to work and you can still be very good at your job and still deserve to be paid for it. Absolutely. You know, I think that's that's okay. You can still be caring and give people a good experience. But again, comes back to these beautiful boundaries. They need to know yeah. that this is a business and you love them dearly, but you're not doing this for fun. <laughs> it's Yeah, it's true. Because I was reading an article in the, the British Acupuncture Council magazine um, a few months back, and it was all about, I can't remember who wrote it, but it was about a guy saying that far too many of us are apologetic for running a business or trying to be too business minded because I guess there's this this slight guilt with some people that it overshadows our ability or want to care for people. But in my opinion, it's so misguided. And, and you know, there's nothing to be ashamed of by trying to make yourself as successful um, as possible in anything that you do. It doesn't have to be at the expense of others. You know, I mean, I care about my patients. I think about them all the time and how I can make things better for them. But I still won't apologize for wanting to make money and wanting my business to be as strong as it can be. I agree. I, I don't think they have to be mutually exclusive, I think. No, exactly. I think that's the point. By continue, I think one of the things I think of often, well, two things. The first thing is I think, how much do consultants pay for 10? Do you pay a consultant for 10 minutes, which won't really help you um, in comparison to the life changing that we're doing on a daily basis for 45 minutes? So that's one thing I kind of sort of feel okay about the good work that we're doing. And also I think, well, look, if I don't have a business and I don't make money from this and I'm not allowed to survive, then I can't do a job. I can't do my job. So I can't help other people. So in order to be able to help as many people as possible, I have to be able to live and this has to be able to be my job. (laughs) Exactly. So to go back to the clinic management software aspect, and my favorite thing, which everyone has loved me asking the last few days, is about (laughs) the fact that many of us are not built for doing accounting and tax returns. But this is one of the bonuses of having software like this in place. Timely, have you linked it up with anything else or any other option that works? I haven't. I I use QuickBooks, um, and that's definitely kind of... I guess limped me through the last two tax returns. Um, I think <laughs> I'm sure that's what the tax man wants to hear. <laughs> when I say limped, I mean obviously making sure that everything's as yeah. it should be. Limped correctly. Limped correctly yeah. as as required legally. Um, but I really feel I need an accountant going forward, so yeah. I am going to go down that route. I see. I'm very tight and a cowboy, so that's what I mean. I don't like to pay for things, but I've definitely changed my mind over the last year or so so i do need to get an accountant on board um yeah because i can't just keep kind of going making it not making it up obviously that's not what i would do with my taxes ben oh no if you if you'd like me to cut this bit out later that's absolutely fine i feel like you're leading yourself into a hole i can't help you (laughs) emma's now sadly incarcerated (laughs) (laughs) so 
maybe one more main question I wanted to ask you before we wrap up. Okay, cool. And that is, obviously, over the last year, and particularly over the last couple of months with COVID-19 and everything, we've seen... I can only think of the word unprecedented, which you didn't want me to use earlier. We're living in <laughs> unprecedented bingo. times. We're doing COVID bingo. COVID bingo, yeah. So extra points for me. So yeah, we're living in difficult times at the moment. And you've obviously had to be really flexible with your business and decided to close and move home for the moment. What have been the pitfalls or the main lessons that you've learned from setting up the Kava Acupuncture and Reflexology Clinic? What might you have done differently? And what have the main lessons been over the last 12 months? Um... I'm not sure I thought about it enough before I went into it. <laughs> like I say, I think I kind of had this idea and I knew what I wanted to do. And I think I really always wanted to run a clinic. And I think I really wanted to itch that scratch. Um, but I think I perhaps didn't understand about the loosening of control by being a tenant I perhaps didn't really take on board the fact that working with other practitioners whilst amazing you have to be collaborative in your approach so it just it wasn't always that easy to be as nimble so for example we had to have a debate about price changes do you know and we had to be aligned so there was a lot of things that we all had to come to an agreement on yeah, And I perhaps hadn't quite appreciated that that there would be a loss of control in, in kind of two levels. So from being somewhere else and from uh, working with other people, it has a billion good things about it and I yeah. wouldn't change it for the world. But I think I probably, I'm not sure whether I was very clear on the model. I think I was kind of finding it out as I went along possibly making it up as I went along. And I think that's okay because I think you have to do a bit of that. But I think I probably would have had a bit more of a plan going into it. Okay. Because I would say that, you know, obviously I know we had all those discussions about price changing and you feel like you had to align with us or, or communicate with us. Um, personally, I think you were very generous in how you approached us with your plans and you, you really listened to all of us for what our thoughts were. Whereas I think other people might have been much more maybe not listen to people as much or they would have just gone ahead and done what they did. Dog, so I, dogmatic. Is that a good word? I wouldn't even use the word dogmatic because I wouldn't see it as a bad thing. I just think that I think you listen to us more than most maybe. Yeah, which yes. is really nice for us. But I'd obviously hate to think that it was something that held you back because I think, you know, I wouldn't want to have affected your own business model. No, definitely not. I don't think it was that. I think it was more, I hadn't appreciated the time it would take. I think that's probably a better way of saying it. I think keeping everybody updated on what we... I was very used to being kind of a lone wolf. Mm. Um, and that had... I didn't like that. I really didn't like that. And I loved being part of a team. But I perhaps hadn't appreciated how much investment that took to make it work really well. And we did work yeah. really well. And I loved we it. And I wouldn't change it. But I think it's interesting when I think about reopening in September, I feel sort of nimbler, you know, and yeah. kind of, but I don't know, but that comes with cons of being on your own. And so there's no blooming perfect answer, is there, Ben? I think there that's where no. we're getting to. 
But I think what I think is a really my top tip for new people starting out is make a list of what's really important to you. So is being able to get out of the house important to you? And, you know, is being with other people important to you? And then rate it, rank them. And then you can kind of decide which model suits you best. And I don't think I ever did that. I kind of had a gut feel that I like to work out of the house. I kind of had a gut feel that, you know, I like to work with people. And that was absolutely right for me then. But I think if I was to write my list and rank it again, things like financial security is coming a little bit up higher there. You know, not (laughs) hemorrhaging money on rent is coming a bit higher than there. So it's just, yeah, I think that's just decide what's really important to you and keep changing it. Like, because it's okay. You're going to, you're going to change and you're, as a practitioner, you're going to change. Situations are going to change. Just keep, keep re-ranking and that's okay. But make sure that your where you are is fitting with your new rank. Yeah. Well, it's it's true because I remember three months ago, we've obviously been working from one room, but we were also talking about expanding into the next door room. Then within three months, we're looking at closing. So it's really a lesson in adaptability, isn't it? It is. And I, I was hanging in there. I won't lie. Yeah. I really oh, yeah. didn't, you know, I, you, I mean, you know, we really, we talked, we were, our next Zoom was all about COVID safe. So I was very, yeah. very ready to open and I was on deadlines and all, I mean, I've made, I've invested quite a lot in changes to the website over lockdown. So I, it was, it kind of came as a bit of a left field as a decision for me as well as, yeah. <laughs> as everyone else. <laughs> but it was, it was kind of doing the sums and getting the Excel spreadsheet out. And it was just the uncertainty. And yeah, of I just, I just felt like, oh, how am I going to do this? How are we going to, and am I going to, is it going to be about, getting them in or is it going to be about being a great acupuncturist and I worried with the uncertainty it was going to be more about getting them in yeah yeah of course well I really enjoyed our conversation today I mean thank you so much for joining me and chatting through all of the different ways that you have worked through the years at the various levels oh thank you so much Ben I really enjoyed it I hope it was all right Well, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Since recording these episodes, I've had a number of messages also asking me to look into other working models for acupuncturists, most particularly working as a mobile practitioner. So I do plan to do this in the near future as part of this series. I'll also be looking to delve further into the realms of online promotion, SEO, backlinks, and the black hole that is internet marketing and visibility. So stay tuned for that one too. Thank you to Emma Eaton for joining me today. If you'd like to learn more about Emma, check out kabamacupuncture.co.uk. For questions about today's episode, do drop me a line at podcast at acupuncture-westlondon.com. Lastly, don't forget to check out the show notes at acupuncture-westlondon.com forward slash podcast, where you can also find more info on free trials and discounts for lots of clinic management solutions we've talked about in this episode. See you next time. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe, rate and review. To keep up to date with all of our upcoming episodes, sign up to our podcast newsletter. By doing so, you'll get your very own copy of my brand new ebook, Yin and Yang. Check out acupuncture-westlondon.com forward slash free ebook. See you next time.